ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار قال الله جل وعلا في كتابه وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون الله سبحانه وتعالى ان هيس كتاب He mentions the greatest purpose of existence the reason why he created the creation subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said I have not created man or jinn except that they worship me this is the purpose of our existence this is the reason why we are living on this earth this should be the reason why we live our lives oh brothers and sisters to dedicate our lives to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to submit ourselves to Allah jalla wa ala And if there is anything that comes in front of us, any obstacle that can possibly deter us from the worship and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we are the then we turn furthest away from this. Because our purpose in life is to please Allah Jalla wa ala and not to please the creation. Our purpose in life is to submit to Allah Jalla wa ala and not to submit to the creation. Our purpose in life is to rely upon Allah Jalla wa ala. and not to rely upon the creation Allah jalla wa ala in many places in the Quran he mentions why he sent his prophets and messengers walaqad ba'athna fi kulli ummatin rasula an i'budullaha wajtanibu at-taghut to every nation we sent a messenger to every nation we sent a messenger what was their command to worship Allah jalla wa ala and to stay away and to disbelieve in all false deities this was The reason why Allah Jalla wa Ala sent all of the prophets and messengers and to every land a messenger was sent with this same message Allah Jalla wa Ala says in the Quran waqada rabbuka alla ta'budu illa iyyah that Allah has legislated and Allah has ordained that only he deserves to be worshiped subhanahu wa ta'ala wa'budullaha wa la tushriku bihi shay'a that worship Allah and do not associate partners with him subhanahu wa ta'ala When a believer truly understands the reason and the purpose of existence when he truly understands that only Allah deserves to be worshiped when he truly understands that his entire life has to revolve around this principle of only Allah jalla wa ala being worshiped he would begin to hate that Allah jalla wa ala is being 
being disobeyed. And he would find it hard to accept that there are people from the creation who bow down to other than Allah and who worship other than Allah. Now us brothers and sisters, when we are growing up and we are living in a country that is not an Islamic country, and we find that there are practices and there are celebrations around us that conflict our purpose of life, which conflict the reason of existence, which conflict worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A believer has to be very careful in how he deals with these matters because the most important thing to the believer is the reason why he has been created. And this is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We find now, for example, we are turning now, within the next few weeks, we are going to enter the season of Christmas. And we will find that the Christians and those who are around us, whether they are Christians or not, whether they are atheists, or whether they are following any other religion, they will be celebrating this celebration. And many of us, we will encounter this at our workplaces. We will encounter this in the market and in the shops and the stores. We will encounter this on the streets. We will encounter this in our places of study. But the Muslim has to realize that Allah Jalla wa'ala created us for a purpose. And we are going to find things around us that are going to distract us or turn us away from the path of Allah Jalla wa'ala. But if we remain focused and we know the boundaries of Islam, then we will protect our religion. Because there is no doubt that the most beloved thing to a human being the most beloved thing to a Muslim is his religion. And if his religion is taken away from him, then there is no benefit in him living for the rest of his life. Because Islam is the reason that we are alive. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us through Islam. And if Allah jalla wa'ala did not give us Islam, then we would be disgraced in this life and the next. But he has honored us, as he says in the Quran subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةُ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ that all honor and might and power, it belongs to Allah and His Messenger and the believers. But the hypocrites, they do not know. All honor and might and power, it belongs to Allah and His Messenger and the believers. Why do we have honor and power and might? Why do we have this sense of greatness that we feel? It is because we have Islam, because we have submitted to Allah Jalla wa'ala. And if there is anything that is going to take us away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we have to be firm and we have to have a strong stance against these things. So for example now, we find that this celebration of Christmas is coming. And Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about the Christians in the Quran. That those who have disbelieved, they say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a third of three. They say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a third of three. لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَسِيحُ بْنُ مَرْيَمُ And those who have disbelieved, they have said that Allah is the Masih, the son of Maryam. That Allah is the Masih, the son of Maryam, who is Isa, the son of Maryam. وَقَالَتِ النَّصَارَى مَسِيحُ بْنُ اللَّهِ That the Christians, they say that Isa alayhi salam is the son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah jalla wa ala mentions their different beliefs. He mentions their different beliefs in the Quran. In one point he says some of the Christians believe that Isa is the son of Allah. Some of the Christians believe that Isa is Allah. And some of the Christians believe that he is one third of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of these statements are disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we look at the celebration of Christmas. And they say that this is the mass of Christ. That this is the celebration of the birth of Isa and what is the celebration of the birth of Isa السلام, to the Christians? This is something that the Muslim must understand so he knows how to deal with the Christians when it comes to these matters. 
Christmas to the Christians is the birth of the Son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or according to some of them, it is the birth to a third of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or to some of them, it is the birth to Allah jalla wa ala. So this is their belief. So when they celebrate this, and they congratulate us for this, so if they say to someone, we wish you a happy Christmas, or we wish you a Merry Christmas, what are they wishing them? They are wishing them a happy time to celebrate the birth of the Son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or they are wishing them, and they are congratulating them for celebrating the birth of Allah jalla wa ala, or a third of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a Muslim understands the reason why they celebrate these celebrations, and what it actually means, can he ever wish and grant someone a Merry Christmas? Can it ever be in the heart or the mind of a person who's, who knows his sole existence is to submit to Allah Jalla wa ala, and that every prophet and messenger was sent with this one message to worship Allah and not to associate partners with him? Can this Muslim ever accept this celebration? Can he ever participate in this? This is the point of discussion today, insha'Allah ta'ala, brothers and sisters. Now this is what the scholars have emphasized on. And this is what the scholars have mentioned. That any celebration, which is a religious celebration, that entails disbelief, it is not permissible for a Muslim to go anywhere near these celebrations. You may say you are at your workplace, and they're having an end of year Christmas celebration. I may offend them if I say no. Do you rather offend them or offend Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Would you rather anger your colleagues or anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because Allah jalla wa ala has made the principle clear that He has only created us to worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we have to disbelieve in these things and we have to turn away from these things. And this is why we find some of the statements of the scholars of the past and how severe they were with these matters. And we'll speak more about the details of this inshallah ta'ala after their statements. So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala when he mentioned some of these principles and he mentioned how they celebrate he said and he spoke about when people get involved in these celebrations so we celebrate it with them or we congratulate them or we give them presents he said some of the scholars have said that the people who do this will fall into disbelief and they would lose their religion because they are venerating and magnifying the symbols of disbelief by taking part in them. This is what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned. And we have Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu an, the great companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, مَنْ تَأَسَّى بِبِلَادِ الْأَعَاجِمِ وَسَنَعَ نَيْرُوزَهُمْ وَمَحَاجَانَهُمْ وَتَشَبَّهَ بِهِمْ حَتَّى يَمُوتُ وَهُوَ كَذَلِكُ حُشِرَ مَعَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ He said, whoever imitates these foreign countries, and they do their religious practices. Or well, he mentioned the practice of Nairuz and Maharajan, which is some of the things that the fire worshippers used to do. And they imitate them until they die, then they are just like them. They will be resurrected with them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. They will be resurrected with them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Even further than this, Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala, he mentioned a very important principle. And this is something that we need to pay attention to. He speaks about the ruling of congratulating them on their Eid, on their festival. So for example, going up to a Christian and saying Merry Christmas to them. Going up to a Christian and saying we wish you a happy Christmas. You do not have to go to them and say, we wish that you have a destructive day and this. We do not have to say this. But we do not have to congratulate them. And we do not have to wish them a good and blessed day. 
And this is what Imam Ibn Qayyim he speaks about. He said, وَأَمَّا التَّهْنِئَةُ بِشَعَائِرِ الْكُفْرِ الْمُخْتَصَّةِ بِهِ فَحَرَامٌ بِالْاتِفَاءِ He said, as for congratulating him and greeting them on their disbelief, which is specific to them, then this is prohibited by the consensus of the scholars. مِثْلَ أَنْ يُهَنِّئَهُمْ بِأَعْيَادِهِمْ وَصَوْمِهِمْ just like congratulating them and wishing them a happy time on their festivals and the days that they fast. So this person, he says to them that may you have a blessed day, may you have a blessed festival, or have a, or, or have a happy time and congratulating them on this Eid, or things similar to this. So Ibn, Ibn Qayyim said, what is the ruling now? For a person to congratulate them, and for a person to say and wish them a blessed day, and wish them a happy festival, he said, فَهَذَا إِنْ سَلِمَ قَائِلُهُ مِنَ الْكُفْرِ فَهُوَ مِنَ الْمُحَرَّمَاتِ He said, if the person who said this, he has freed himself from disbelief. Meaning, that if the person did not fall into disbelief by saying this, to show that how severe this could be. If a person did not fall into disbelief by saying this, then this is from the prohibited matters. And this is similar to congratulating him from making sajda to a cross. Imagine now, could we ever imagine any Muslim seeing a non-Muslim bowing down to a cross and they say, I congratulate you for doing this or have a good time doing this or may this be accepted from you. Can any of us ever imagine a Muslim ever saying this? None of us can imagine this because when we see this happening in front of our eyes, we know because this is imprinted in our hearts and our minds that this is disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we will never glorify them and we will never praise them for doing such an action. Imam Ibn Qayyim, he's saying, to praise them and to glorify them and to wish them a happy time on their festivals, which are religious festivals, then this is similar to congratulating them for bowing down to a cross. Because here you are congratulating them for bowing down to a cross. And in the other instance, you are congratulating them for celebrating the birth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the birth of the son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he continues. He says, بَلْ ذَلِكَ أَعْظَمُ إِثْمًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَأَشَدُّ مَقْتًا مِنَ التَّهْنِئَةِ بِشُرْبِ الْخَمْرِ وَقَتْلِ النَّفْسِ وَارْتِكَابِ الْفَرْجِ الْحَرَامِ وَنَحْرِهِ Then Ibn Al-Qayyim said, rather, to congratulate them like this, is more severe in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is the greatest sin, and it angers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than congratulating someone for drinking alcohol, or for killing someone, or for committing zina, or for doing things similar to this. Because drinking alcohol is a major sin. And committing zina is a major sin. And killing someone is a major sin. As for associating partners of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is beyond a major sin, it is disbelief. So he said congratulating someone for disbelief is worse than congratulating someone for a major sin. Then he says, وَكَثِيرٌ مِمَّنْ لَا قَدْرَ لِلْدِّينِ عِنْدَهُ يَقَعُ فِي ذَلِكَ and he goes, many people that do not know the greatness of their religion and the value of their religion, they fall into these things. And they do not know how disgusting their action is. And whoever congratulates anyone for a sin that they have done or an innovation or disbelief, then he is putting himself forward to the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. الحمد لله رب العالمين. 
So we continue inshallah revolving around the verse So Allah has not created man or jinn except that they worship him subhanahu wa ta'ala This is our sole purpose of existence To submit ourselves to Allah and to worship him and to seek his pleasure and to seek his forgiveness and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be happy with us and for Allah to admit us into his Jannah through his mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reason why we have been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now some of us will be in workplaces and we will find that maybe it's a custom for everyone to give someone else a Christmas card. For a Muslim, it is something which is not permissible. It is prohibited in Islam. And if you are encouraged to do this, then do not be ashamed of your religion. Because this is what Allah has given us honor through. He has given us honor through our Islam. And this is why Umar ibn Khattab, when he was going to Jerusalem, to take the keys of Jerusalem, and everyone knows the famous story, that there was a time he would ride his mount, and then he would come up and he would allow his slave to ride. So when he got to Jerusalem, his slave was the one who was riding. And on the garment of Umar was a number of patches that he had stitched up, because he was a very humble man. So when a companion of the Prophet came to Umar, he said, what are you doing? Because you are just about to meet the leaders of Jerusalem, for them to hand the keys over to you and you have come like this. Umar radiallahi became angry and he hit him on his chest. He said, when we, when you used to be the poorest of us and the worst of us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored you through Islam. If you ever seek honor through other than Islam, you will be disgraced. But if you seek your honor through Islam, then Allah will give you honor in this life and the hereafter. So if you find that this is a custom that is happening at work, well, this is a custom happening at university or school or wherever you may be. Be frank with them and say, I'm a Muslim, I do not celebrate this. If they give you a Christmas card, say, I do not celebrate this. If they ask everyone that they should share presents with each other, be clear, this is your religion, these are our principles. That we do not share these because this is not. On Eid day, if you want something, I will give you something on Eid day. And maybe we should give it to them on Eid day. To try and draw their hearts to Islam. But on Christmas we should have a clear and firm stance that this is not our religion and this is not our practice. We do not wish them a Merry Christmas. We do not wish them a happy festival. We remain silent about these issues. There's no need for us to get involved in this. If they have parties, we do not attend. And sometimes you'll find that they'll respect us more when they see that we are firm on our principles. We do not dress up, for example, if they have specific clothing that they wear. And if there are specific food that they eat on these days, then we do not eat the specific food with them. So we cannot give them gifts. If they give us gifts, the scholars have differed. Some of the scholars have said, do not even accept the gift from them. And other scholars have mentioned that if the gift is not specific to their religion, and you are only accepting it to draw their heart to Islam, because you are giving them da'wah, you are going to give them da'wah, then it will be permissible. But if these conditions are not fulfilled, then even those who said it was permissible, say it is impermissible in this case. But this, my brothers and sisters, this matter is not something light. Imagine now if we were to take part in their celebration. And because of this, we lost our religion in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine if we were to, for example, exchange, give them gifts and congratulate them for this. And this was so severe in the sight of Allah jalla that this led us to disbelief. All of these years of worshipping Allah, all of these years of trying to be firm on Islam, and we're going to lose it for something small like this. Because we are embarrassed to say that we are Muslims, we do not partake in these celebrations. That we are Muslims, that we do not get involved in these practices. 
And this is why it is very important, especially at this time of the year, when almost every place that we go around, they're going to decorate their shops. They're going to be selling these sorts of items. They're going to be congratulating one another on this. A Muslim has to have a stance. And also for those who have businesses, it is not permissible for you to sell items which are specific to their religion. So you can sell, for example, balloons, and you can sell just general things that can be used for all occasions. But when you, for example, sell specific Christmas cards, or Christmas crackers, or things which are specific to their practices and their worship, then this also becomes a form of disbelief that the Muslim has to avoid. It's not a matter of we prefer that we avoid this. No, we have to avoid this because we need to protect our religion in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, it is going to be tough. And no one is saying it's going to be easy. Sometimes we have brothers who have reverted and they have left this belief for Islam and the entire family are gathering together to celebrate Christmas. It is not permissible for these brothers and these sisters to take part in these celebrations. But they should use wisdom when they speak to their family members. So as you know, I do not celebrate this. But we will go maybe another day, we'll sit together and we will eat. Or maybe after the party has come to an end, and the people maybe have left or they're getting ready to go, and the party has concluded, then they can go and visit and they can just sit with them and not take part in the celebration or the specific food that they have for that day. But they should use their wisdom. So they should try and replace that day for another day and replace that time for other times. If they were supposed to go out with them on that day, their parents or their family, then they will take them out on another day. And to use wisdom like this so they are not repelled from Islam. And at the same time, these people, they do, these brothers and sisters, they do not fall into these practices and disbelief themselves. So these matters, brothers and sisters, are very important. And they are from the four principles of our religion. That we are firm when it comes to the worshipping of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are firm when it comes to staying away from associating partners of Allah Jalla wa'ala or encouraging this or being pleased with this in any way or form. And no one is saying this is going to be easy. But no one is saying that Jannah of Allah Jalla wa'ala is going to be easy. The Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be very difficult. And that's why when the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that when Jibreel he saw that how Jannah was, uh, like he saw some of the things that were around, he saw Jahannam, he said, no one is going to know about this except that he's, he's going to flee from it. No one is going to know about Jahannam except that he's going to flee from it. Because of how severe it is. But when Jahannam now was adorned with the desires of the people, that the things the people desire, Jahannam was adorned with this. He became scared. He said, no one is going to see these desires except that they're going to enter Jahannam. So it shows you how hard a trial is going to be for the believers. And for living in a society, everything is pushing us to this particular direction. That everything around us is pushing us towards this. Those who remain firm, there is no doubt that Allah Jalla wa'ala will be pleased with them. Those who remain firm on Islam. And those who seek the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a few days or a few years, or maybe a few decades of hardship for Muslims. And this is just temporary. Because Jannah is eternal. And as we find in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the believers that found such great hardship in this life, you know what Allah Jalla wa'ala is going to do for them in the akhirah? <coughs> Those who found such great hardship in this life, they found it difficult, they had to say no, and they said it, they passed the test. Sometimes they found it difficult to leave certain gatherings, but to protect their Islam, they left these gatherings. Sometimes there's things that they really attached to, but they had to leave it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They went through hardship. On Yawm al-Qiyamah, I mentioned the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Jalla wa'ala will take them and he will dip them into Jannah and he will take them out. Imagine just putting you into Jannah for a second and then taking you out of Jannah. Then you will be asked, 
Tell me about all of the hardship you have faced in your life. Because of that one moment the believer spent in Jannah, he would say, by Allah, I have never tasted any hardship in my life. It made him forget every part of hardship that he had ever faced. And the same would happen to the disbeliever. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take him and put him into the fire of Jahannam and take him up. Tell me about all of the pleasure and the delight that you had in your life. By Allah, I never tasted anything good in my life. If this is the effect of Jannah for one moment and one instant, and the effects of Jahannam for one moment and one instant, imagine brothers and sisters being in Jannah for eternity. Is it worth sacrificing 10, 20, 50, even 100 years for eternal happiness under the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In a Jannah, in a Jannah that continuously gets better, in a Jannah that continuously gets better, and the ulama they've mentioned, you will never taste the same delight twice in Jannah. Because if you taste it twice, you become accustomed to it, you may become bored of it. So every time you go for a blessing in Jannah, it will be better than the day before. And it will be better than the time before. For how long? For eternity. A thousand years of doing something, it's only getting better. A million years of doing something, it's only getting better. You'll never taste the same delight twice. This is why we sacrifice brothers and sisters. This is why we submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why we will avoid all of these practices. We will not congratulate them. We will not get, take part in their festivals. We will not take part in their celebrations. If our livelihood was built upon this, we will stop this. We will, we will no longer sell these particular things that are for their religion. And we will submit to Allah Jalla wa'ala. And yes, we will go through hardship. But at the end, when we reach Jannah, and we see the face of Allah Jalla wa'ala, we will forget every type of hardship that we have ever faced. Because Jannah would be ours. Jannah would be ours. We've heard the story many times, the hadith of the Prophet of the last person to enter Jannah. Imagine the last person who entered Jannah will have ten times the amount of this earth. The last person to enter Jannah. What about those who are, who are at the forefront? Those who strive the utmost and they gave up their haram, they gave up their desires for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They, they, they sought honor and might and victory only through Islam. Imagine what Jannah they would have if the last person would have, would have ten times the amount of this earth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his mercy in this Jannah. We ask Allah jalla wa ala for his intercession. We ask Allah jalla wa ala to forgive us for all our sins and to overcome all our shortcomings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us firm in this life, to make us firm on the principles of Islam, to make us firm on our tawheed and our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah jalla wa ala to distance us from sins and from disbelief and from all of the things that displease him subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah jalla wa ala to ease our affairs in this life and to ease our affairs in the grave and to make this easy for us in the hereafter. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار. ربنا ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار. ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا. ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا. ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به. واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا. أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين. اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين واذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر اعداء الدين اللهم انصر اخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان يا ارحم الراحمين اقم الصلاه